You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. We have made it out of a busy football weekend. There was college football. Things got a little wild in the Big 12. We are less than two weeks away from the SEC opening up. NFL football, of course, happened this past weekend with week one in the regular season. On today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we saw in college football this past weekend and how we might apply it to the conversation with Tennessee opening up the season now in less than two weeks against South Carolina. We are 12 days away from today's show with Tennessee playing against the Gamecocks. Coming up in segment number two, I'm going to talk to Blake Lovell from Blue Ribbon and see what he thinks about the opening to the football season, how things looked, uh, the, the experience of watching the game on television. It's obviously different from what we normally see with college football. And then also, we're going to talk about Tennessee's basketball coaching staff. Rick Barnes, of course, gets so much attention, but the staff itself, the assistants, you've heard me bring them up maybe in the past if you've listened to the show before, and I think it's a really good staff, one of the best in the SEC. We're going to talk about that in segment number two. And then in segment number three, Tennessee's defensive line continues to be brought up in conversation. Derek Ansley, Tennessee's defensive coordinator, will talk about what he hopes to see this season, his second season at Tennessee as the defensive coordinator from those guys up front. That's all coming up on today's show. Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. Thank you for being here. Welcome new listeners to Locked On Vols. And as we watch football this past weekend, you're going to see some sloppy play, I think, early on. We always expect that. And I'm talking college or pro anywhere. High school could be in that conversation. It's just you're looking at teams trying to get things started up. And this is a season where you've not gone through a regular preseason. So in the NFL, they didn't have four preseason games. It's going to take a little bit more time to get everything going. In college, things have been kind of spread out. Guys are in and out. Tennessee has dealt with a bunch of players being out of practice, then coming back in, and players not having the chance to work together like they normally do, at least on a consistent basis. So we should expect, I think, some inconsistent play, some sloppy play at times. Now, when you look in the Big 12, the Big 12 had some embarrassing losses and uh, and some close calls as well. Texas Tech was very fortunate to get a win. Iowa State went down. Uh, you had Kansas State losing to Arkansas State. Kansas was beaten up by Coastal Carolina, and something that would stand out to me there is, uh, you know, I at least wonder how ready were teams like Kansas. Kansas is not a big-time football program, don't get me wrong here, but Kansas also should not get pushed around and and beaten up by Coastal Carolina. Coastal put up 38 points. It was up 21 to nothing like that. I mean, it was very quick. So uh, I look back to the offseason. Coastal was able to have a full spring. Kansas didn't. They had a better offseason in terms of getting prepared. And Coastal beat Kansas last year, so don't don't get me wrong here. But when I look at the two teams' preparation, Coastal had a better opportunity. Look in the ACC. Florida State lost to Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech deserves a lot of credit. But Florida State has a new coach in Mike Norvell. They did not have the best offseason. There was uh, a lot of talk behind the scenes, at least, about your players questioning the process going through everything with COVID to get ready for the start of this season. Then you come out not looking so good with a loss. Actually, that's four straight seasons that Florida State has lost the season opener. But in this case, losing to Georgia Tech when Florida State was a pretty big favorite, not a good look for the Seminoles. So how does this affect Tennessee? 
Well, I would say a positive for Tennessee when we talk about this conversation of some teams having some issues, a positive would be that Tennessee has both of its coordinators back. Jim Chaney on the offensive side, Derek Ansley on the defensive side, and Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt working closely together in Knoxville and having worked together in the past. You would hope that that creates some consistency with what the players understand and what they will be asked to do once they get out there and play some games. You also have players that are just more experienced in these systems and then on the field. Remember a year ago, we were talking about a lot of guys playing bigger, more important roles, especially along the defensive line. It was was a completely new unit, essentially. And we're going to talk more about that group later in the show in in segment three. You'll hear Derek Ansley talk about those guys as well. But a year ago, Henry Toto is a freshman. I would have more concern, as talented as he is, if he were a freshman going out there. Now, you do have to replace Daniel Batuli. And they need somebody to step up at linebacker. But yeah, you know, imagine if it's Henry Toto and Quavars Crouch both as true freshmen out there. Tennessee would have a big problem at inside linebacker. But now that it's year two for both of those players, I think you feel a little bit better. That secondary is much more experienced than it was a year ago. Nigel Warrior's gone. I know that, but every team is replacing players from the season before. That applies to literally everyone. It applies to Tennessee. Tennessee has a lot more experience back on the offensive line. So on the lines of scrimmage. These players have uh, a lot of experience playing together. I think that matters. Now, a negative, a concern, might be that players have been out. So as you're trying to build chemistry, as you're trying to get some consistency with your offensive line, for example, it's a group where it has a lot of experience, but are they getting enough practice time together as the starting five will be? And heck, right now we're having this conversation not knowing if Cade Mays is going to be able to play. He's practicing and preparing to be able to play. And if he does, well, that's really good for Tennessee. If not, well, he's been taking up some practice reps that will then have to go to somebody else to get ready for the game. So a concern, a negative, if you want to make it, that would be guys being in and out of practice. There's no way that it's a positive, obviously, if a large number of players have had to miss practice. And even Jeremy Pruitt the other day was talking about their scrimmage work being sloppy. Well, players being in and out, the lack of consistency on the practice field with their teammates, the chemistry you're trying to build, probably plays a role in that. That's also why it's a good thing that you have another two weeks to get ready. If Tennessee had to play a game this past weekend, there probably would have been a big problem. And actually, I was thinking Saturday night, while Oklahoma is just putting up a ton of points against a weak opponent, but Spencer Rattler looked good. And that offensive line for Oklahoma looks like it could be really good. Tennessee probably would have had a tough time against the Sooners. So the Vols having two extra weeks to get ready to get some of these younger guys prepared, uh, a pretty talented group. It's, a, I think, a talented freshman class that this coaching staff likes a lot. That can be a positive, I would say, for sure. So as I look at this opening weekend, and we'll watch again this upcoming weekend with what we see in the ACC and the Big 12 especially, let's see if there is improvement. Let's see if a week's worth of games help some of these teams. Let's see how Florida State responds, for example. But, you know, a team that looked pretty good, North Carolina, it blew out Syracuse, year two with Mac Brown, year two with Sam Howell at quarterback, playing with that offense. They look like they picked some things up. Your hope on the offensive side is that Jim Chaney coming back and that offensive line having more experience and Trey Smith getting more practice time, that those guys and Jarrett Garantano are in sync. And then you hope that some of these either younger players or guys that are stepping up in bigger roles, the Ramel Keaton, Cedric Tillman group at wide receiver, Brandon Johnson coming back, that this extra practice time, as guys, again, are are working into the rotation and trying to come back from being out, that this extra time, these next two weeks, 
help them prepare for a big game at South Carolina. I've said it over and over again, probably at an annoying rate at this point, but I do think it matters. You're going to South Carolina, a team that's probably going to be really hungry to open up on a better note than how last season ended and also motivated to get Tennessee back from losing in Knoxville last year. So these next two weeks are going to be really critical. I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt agrees. They need as many guys out there on the practice field as they can to get ready because if they don't, well, we saw some results this past weekend that I think Tennessee is trying to avoid. Tennessee was off this weekend and still moved up in the polls, as we kind of expected them to. I'll get to that coming up in the third and final segment. You'll hear from Derek Ansley in the final segment of today's show as well. Coming up next, I'm going to talk to Blake Lovell from Blue Ribbon Yearbook about getting ready for the upcoming college basketball season, Tennessee's basketball coaching staff, how it is viewed, and what we saw this past weekend in college football, how different the experience will be for the fall of 2020. That's coming up next on Locked On Vols. Today presented by BuiltBar.com. Built Bar has a ton of amazing flavors. 18 flavors for you to choose from. The 12 original and then the 6 new flavors that they have added to the lineup. They have nut and non-nut flavors that are available. That's important to know. And when you go to BuiltBar.com, you'll see bars that are covered in 100% chocolate. You should know they're soft and easy to chew. I think they're great for a mid-morning or a mid-afternoon snack, something that you might need on the go. Or if you're working around the house now and you want to go grab something real quick, the Built Bar, I think, is perfect. Built Bars are also a healthy option for you. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, check out Built Bars, which are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And while supplies last, you can get a free cooler with a purchase at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to welcome to the show Blake Lovell, working with Blue Ribbon Yearbook and Blue Ribbon Report. Uh, check out blueribbon.substack.com, uh, getting ready for the upcoming college basketball season. We're going to talk some UT hoops in a minute, but uh, before that, Blake, uh, we saw some Power 5 football this past weekend, the Big 12 and, and some games that didn't go well for a few of those teams, and then the ACC. Do you have a, a takeaway? What did you think seeing some of the Power 5 teams get going this past weekend? Yeah, no, it was great to see, Josh. You know, it was um, it was fun to actually have games. And, of course, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. You know, there's a full slate of NFL. So it's it's almost like we're not back to completely normal because we know the, the environments and everything are, are not the same. But uh, we are, it seems like, at least getting there. Hopefully we're getting there. Uh, you know, if we feel like you have your football on Saturday, you have your football on Sunday. And um, that's, that's what we love. And so it, it was very interesting, yeah, to watch some of these um, you know, power five teams play. Of course, I think the one thing that stands out for me just in some of the games that I kept up with was, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be very interesting to see how Florida State uh, started their, you know, new era. And then, of course, uh, they got off to a good start, but Georgia Tech won that game. So uh, it was very interesting to, to watch some of these teams. And, and I think, too, and we've talked about this before, 
I think it's going to be very interesting to follow just kind of the trajectory of some of these teams. And this will obviously apply to SEC teams, too, uh, depending on, you know, how many people are in the stands and, and what that lack of environment maybe brings in terms of what's the advantage one way or the other. You know, that that road advantage or that home advantage. And of course, if you're a team playing on the road, those kind of things. Uh, I'm very fascinated by that. I think we've already seen a little bit of that. Uh, but I think we're really going to see it probably, with, again, assuming not knowing exactly how much things are going to change in terms of capacity and all that uh, for the attendance. But I think that's one of the things we'll certainly be talking about. Yeah, I think so. How do you think that affects the viewing experience S- sitting at home when you're used to seeing the yeah. traditional college environment that's not present this year? Yeah, that's the thing is it just everybody's talking about we're well, sure you're going to have, you know, these high ratings and everything just because everybody's at home watching them. But at the same time, it's it's different. And I think you noticed that. And, and really, you know, I will say this. And of course, like I said, we, we are recording this uh, as the NFL is, is basically going on. But I think the NFL's done a really good job in terms of piping in the crowd noise, stuff like that. And which, you know, th- they have the resources to be able to do that. And I think, you know, for college games and such, it's a different element just because, you know, th- there are different things that, that you're doing and, and it's college and pro the difference there. But uh, I do think it's something that, you know, it is, it's different. I mean, it, you know, even for anyone, because again, you're used to being there college, you've got the band playing, you know, you've got cheerleaders, you've got all sorts of stuff and it's just so much different now. And, and it obviously takes away what is undoubtedly one of the biggest parts of the game. We love the football, but we also love the atmosphere that goes along with it. Uh, and so, yeah, that that's definitely a different experience for sure. And we've seen that thus far. Blake Lovell here on the show, and I, I mentioned we're going to talk some basketball as well as Blake's getting ready for all the coverage coming out from Blue Ribbon for this upcoming college basketball season. And uh, Blake, you know, with Tennessee basketball, we've talked about the high expectations. We've talked about the the state of the roster, recruiting, all that. Uh, that that starts with Rick Barnes. But I'm curious, what do you think? What do you hear about with Tennessee's uh, staff? The assistants being Desmond Oliver, Mike Schwartz, and, and Kim English. What do you hear about Tennessee staff? What do you think about uh, those guys working with Rick Barnes uh, with UT basketball? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody you talk to will, will tell you that, you know, this is a staff that, and, you know, we kind of over, I don't know, I guess we maybe overuse this word sometimes in terms of versatile and versatility and that type of stuff. But obviously you want a staff that, that doesn't just bring stuff to the table when it comes to either in the one area of recruiting or maybe, let's say, one area on offense or defense on the floor. And I think that's what you get with these guys, um, you know, with Michael Schwartz and, and Kim English. I think you're getting guys who both can recruit well, you know, obviously Schwartz has known Barnes for years. We know that um, in terms of just, you know, having that continuity, I think, is so important now because we see so many times. I mean, it's like we talk about transfers and everything, but we know how many coaching changes there are. You know, guys jump from one place to the other. Um, you know, they either get a new job, they go into a head coaching job, uh, what have you. It's just keeping that continuity, I think, is so important. And I think, you know, adding someone like Kim English has given them a boost uh, you know, when it comes to recruiting and that type of stuff. And I think you've just got guys that a lot of people view, you know, and, and I think something else, and I'll add kind of to that, is when you have a staff where it's built with guys that you can look at the assistant coaches and say, okay, I can see that guy becoming a head coach or I could see that guy taking over a program in the next year or two, that's a good thing, and I think obviously we saw that with Rob Lanier, you know, who's now at Georgia State, and I think there's just that's something I think Rick Barnes has done pretty well in terms of having guys on his staff that clearly have that understanding, that knowledge of what it takes to be successful. And then we've seen some of those guys, you know, take it to the head coaching ranks 
And so I, I think that's why guys like this, the way he's built his staff, uh, is very important, especially in this SEC landscape where it's not just where you find a specialist here or there. You've got to have well-rounded guys. I think that's what he's got with those guys. Yeah, and you know, uh, Tennessee received a commitment uh, last week, I guess, from uh, wing out in California, Jashai Meshack, and he talked about the culture. And that word, I think, yeah. can be used too often, but uh, I, I think it's used with Tennessee for a reason because it, it goes both ways. I think players... Uh, they, they obviously if they're committing they're gravitating toward what the coaches are selling but I, I do think Tennessee has looked for that with the players as well that they're going to match up with what the staff uh, is trying to push and that's uh, doing things the right way culture and you're not going to hit 100 percent but I think they've done a, a pretty good job of that so far yeah no they have for sure and I think it's something where you know you embrace what you've been able to do right and I think that's where for Tennessee you know, there were, when he took the job, and we've, we've talked about it before, a lot of people, for some reason, when Rick Barnes took the job, thought that this was just going to be a spot for him to come into for several years and then retire. Um, you know, it's just, it's not something like that. Like, we've seen the success they've had, and it, that success is what, you know, brings it to a point to where, okay, now you can go out and sell this. You can sell the culture that you've already built. We're seeing Grant Williams in the NBA. You know, we've seen Admiral Schofield. All these guys who have played such big roles in getting Tennessee to where they were as the number one team in the country a couple seasons ago. Um, and then just building off that, like we said. I mean, we've already talked about the expectations for this season in terms of them being a potential Final Four-type team now. The Pond's back and all these guys they've got coming in with this recruiting class. And so there's just so many different things that I think you look at here. And, and we talked about it, you know, with the staff, too. It's like having Shorts, having English, having Oliver, like having all these different elements in place that can help make you so successful. I think that's what Tennessee has right now. Hey, Blake, I know you're very busy right now getting ready for the start of the college basketball season. What can people look for right now? What can people look forward to coming out uh, with Blue Ribbon? Yeah, Josh, we are. We are um, trying to, to push forward here with Blue Ribbon. Uh, we're still catching up with coaches and, and getting everything, but we're almost to that that finish line now where we're getting close to where we have everything in, and then it's just a matter of putting it all together and getting it out there uh, for fans. And so hopefully uh, people have that uh, in the next uh, month or so probably, and you know, we still don't know exactly when the season's going to start with college basketball, but uh, it'll be what you always expect uh, from Blue Ribbon, a great in-depth preview, the most in-depth resource you'll find. Uh, for the college basketball season. Of course, you can find that at blueribbonyearbook.com. And you mentioned our uh, blueribbon.substack.com. You can find our uh, Blue Ribbon Report, which is uh, something we have uh, year-round now. Uh, so you can check all that out there. Check it out. That is a college basketball source you can trust, Blue Ribbon. Hey, Blake, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining me here today, and I'll talk to you again soon. You got it, my friend. Thanks. Coming up next, Tennessee makes a big jump in the polls without playing this past weekend. I'll tell you where Tennessee is now in the college football polls. And Derek Ansley will talk about Tennessee's defensive line, a group that is being questioned here right now and a group that will have high expectations when the balls hit the field against South Carolina in less than two weeks. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to say a quick thank you. Last week, I talked about the fundraiser, the virtual food drive that I was running for Second Hour food bank and it was a big success thanks to everybody who supported it my drive raised close to twelve thousand dollars that meant more than thirty-five thousand meals provided by second harvest food bank of east tennessee and the entire hunger action heroes drive brought in about eighty-four thousand meals that's incredible and i really appreciate all the support so thanks to everybody who donated and helped spread the word last week to help second harvest food bank of east tennessee 
Tennessee football had a good weekend when it came to the national polls. The Vols jumped to number 15 in the Associated Press Top 25 and number 17 in the Coaches Poll. Now, Tennessee, of course, made the big jump because they took out the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams that are not playing. And also, there's an update there. It looks like there's optimism toward the Big Ten maybe trying to play sometime this fall. By the time you listen to this, there might be an update, and uh, I would recommend you check out Locked On Big Ten if you're interested in really what's going on there. And a quick plug for Locked On College Football, I'll be back there on Wednesday with Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes. So uh, there's a lot going on with the Big Ten, but right now they're not playing. Neither is the Pac-12, so those teams are out. So Tennessee is now a top 15 team, according to the AP, and the 17th ranked team in the country by the coaches poll. Now, of course, if Tennessee wants to stay there or keep moving up, the Vols are going to have to win some football games. And that starts against South Carolina on September 26th. And as Tennessee's offensive line continues to receive some praise with how it's practicing, well, Tennessee is going up against itself right now. So if the offensive line is performing well, that means the defensive line might not be performing well. But it's a group that a year ago made progress as the season went along and will be expected to do the same, I'm sure, this upcoming season. This is what Derek Ansley, Tennessee's defensive coordinator, said earlier in fall camp when he was asked about the defensive line and what he wants to see from it this year after the group improved as the 2019 season went along. The first thing is, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage, <clears throat> you know, playing on the offensive side of the ball. If we can strike blockers up front and, and come out of our hips and and, and press and, and reestablish the line of scrimmage, then the linebackers can fit off of them. The secondary can do a great job squeezing the ball. And if we can do that consistently with, with four guys and not having to take guys, you know, out of second and third level to add to the front, you know, we're going to be successful. Um, so we just want those guys to, to play hard, you know, play with toughness and, and dominate their box. Derek, as you look at this defense, uh, what excites you right now and, and what concerns you right now? Well, what excites me is we have a 10-game SEC schedule. You know, every week you got to be ready to go. Um, you're going to be judged every week by how you perform. So I'm excited to see these guys gel together early early on and see what we can, you know, progress to toward the end of the year. Uh, what concerns me is the lack of, you know, spring ball, you know, the lack of play time together. But we do have a lot of guys that, that played last year and have played multiple years. So we just got to get back in football shape, you know, continue to do things the right way. Tennessee defensive coordinator Derek Ansley, I wanted you to hear that follow-up part as well because I, I do think it kind of backs up what I was talking about in the first segment that you have guys that have played, they've played some together, but they haven't had as much preparation time as coaches would like. And I, I think coaches naturally worry and, the, and they're trying to prepare, and uh, I would as well if I were in their position. And that's something to still see and still watch to see how they come together. But Tennessee's defensive line is really going to need to hold its own and help control that line of scrimmage. And you know early on, Tennessee's playing Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama. If you heard uh, one of the shows last week, I was talking about that schedule they have to go up against. It's not going to be easy with what this defensive line is going to face. And it's week in, week out now in the SEC. There's also no buildup. There is no Georgia State or Chattanooga or Furman early on in the in the season to try to get some more reps for those guys. It's Week number one, you're going up against an SEC team, and you're going to do that every week until the season ends. So I'm sure the Tennessee's coaches are reminding their players of that, that, hey, there are no breaks here. It's the SEC every week, and you better be ready, and you better have the right mindset, especially along the line of scrimmage. And if Tennessee's offensive line continues to win battles in practice, Tennessee's defensive coaches are going to notice that and challenge the defensive line to be even better because – the kind of offensive line that Tennessee has 
is the kind of offensive line Tennessee is going to face often, and I would say early this upcoming season. That's going to continue to be a storyline, I think, this week as Tennessee gets back to work. And Tennessee will soon start to go into game preparation mode, but I really think it's going to be a mix of game prep and fall training camp because of how much time some players have missed. Jeremy Pruitt talked about some of their training camp ideas that they try to put in in a typical August. Obviously, it's September now. But what they typically try to do to get ready for a season will carry over into the season this year because of how different things have gone. I will also say, with Jeremy Pruitt, with a lot of his coaches, remember, it is a a kind of a new-look staff on the defensive side. But with a lot of these guys and how respected they are as, as coaches and teachers, that should provide a little more confidence, a little more optimism that they'll be able to get players ready As of this show, they have 12 days to get players ready, and time is starting to tick. And we'll continue to watch what's going on in the Big 12 and the ACC as we continue to wait on the SEC. But I I think it provides a a little bit of an idea of where things are and what challenges Tennessee might face based on what's going on with other teams as well. I appreciate you being here on Locked on Vols today. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue to talk about what Tennessee needs to do where Tennessee needs to work to prepare for the season opener against South Carolina coming up in less than two weeks. We're getting closer, and it feels really good. And how good did it feel this past weekend to have football to watch, to have football to talk about and break down, and, and for that to be the conversation? Who looked good? Who didn't? The the jokes are out there about Florida State, and I, I think things will improve there, but we'll see because the last few years have been pretty tough down in Tallahassee. Your focus, though, is probably on Tennessee. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about it right here on Locked on Vols. I appreciate you hanging out. Remember, check out Locked on College Football for coverage around the nation. Keep spreading the word to other Tennessee fans about this show, and if you have time to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, that's a big help as well. Thanks for hanging out again on Locked on Vols. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh!